you're listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Putnam. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Putnam, and I'm joined today by the best-looking guest I've had so far, uh, my wife, Melissa Putnam. Hello. It's been long requested that uh, she's joined me on the podcast, and we've got plenty of questions asked by all of you, and so we figured we'd get down to them. But before we do that, I'll go ahead and I'll hand the mic over to my wife and let her tell you all a little bit about herself. Well, as you know, I'm married to Mr. Rugged Legacy. Um, obviously, everybody knows I'm a mom of nine, eight boys and one girl. I'm a blogger. Um, you can catch me on Smart Mom, Crafty Mom. And that is my personal blog, <clears throat> which I dedicate to thrifting, money-saving tips, um, recipes, mom life, my personal stories. And that's pretty much about it. And I got started because... One, life is really too short to do something that you want to do. And it got me out of a rut that I was in for a while. So it helped me build myself up. And that's why I started blogging. I think a lot of it had to do with me pushing you to just do it already. Because you kind of wanted to be a creator anyway. Yeah. Um, Now... A lot of people have already been asking. Uh, I'll, I'll jump right here into these questions. Uh, you're not nervous, are you? No, not really. No? Okay. <laughs> they can see you. Well, I'm kidding. Oh, well. I'm kidding. <laughs> so we'll start this one off with a, uh, a light one here. It's from Twitter, into the rabbit hole. It says, uh, for the missus, does Jeff kill spiders the same way that he knocks down wasp nests? They were hornet nests but I'm pretty sure she'll have an answer for this one. <laughs> well, I think if he sees a spider, he actually just kills it. But if it's like a big deathly spider, you don't get a little petrified. But I don't think Well, I set afraid. them on fire. Right. But <laughs> I, I don't, set those on fire. I don't set hornets on fire. No, but I think you're more petrified of, were they cicadas? No, no, no. That was a locust, and oh, that thing was locusts. coming right at my face. Right. I think you're more afraid of locusts than wasps and spiders because they have fangs that hang out of their teeth pretty much. And one incident when you killed a locust that ended up in our house and you actually took the broom and swatted it like a baseball bat after you screamed <laughs> to the hey, top of your lungs. Look, I'm telling you right now, that thing was coming at my face and it had a knife. Okay. It had a knife. It had an armor. <laughs> <laughs> telling you i think i think that was the funniest thing ever that i ever saw you do in my entire life because here i'm here you are this yeah i'm i got this i can do it i'm big protector and then this thing flies in the house you're like ah and you take the broom and swat it because it gets close to your face i mean i think that was the funniest thing ever. that thing was about nine and a half feet tall It had a knife. Uh, it was wearing colors. I'm not sure who it was repping, but it was wearing colors. Uh, so Ed Lattimore would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, All right. So another one here. Uh, let's see. 
from our friend at Mrs. J.D. Manley. said, I would like to know how she juggles tending to all of the kids' needs, help with homework, and still has time to cook amazing meals. As a two-parter. Also, how hard is it to get the family together now that some have moved out? Well, I think our kids are very independent. We've had this this discussion where, you know, the kids are very independent because we brought them up that way to be self-reliant on themselves. But me tending to them, I'm always open. I think parents should always be open to their kids, no matter what, whatever they need to be open. And that's how, I mean, you have always been with the kids, just just open with each other and open with the kids. If they've had a problem, they yeah. come to us. Yeah, I think regardless of whatever the problem is. I think a lot of people have this misconception of I think it's that what was that movie Cheaper by the Dozen where the what little redheaded kid gets left out because everybody else's needs are being met. Yeah. And we're but, not like that. We've never been like that. No. We, we we do our best to make sure that everybody gets the attention they need and deserve and that if any one of them has something kind of going on. The others understand if they're going to maybe have to sacrifice a little bit of attention because one has like a crisis or something we're dealing with. Right. You know, um, but so like I said, the other part of that question was, uh, how do you do all of that with still helping with homework and then have time to cook amazing meals? Well, they usually have time at school to do their homework. It's very odd that they bring homework home. Unless it's reading, we sit at the table after school. That is just a mandatory thing. That's always been a mandatory thing for them to come home if they have homework. We immediately do it. When they get their snack or whatever, we immediately conquer the homework. Yeah, right to the table, get it knocked out and get out it, of the way. Get it done, get it out of the way. That way they can go out, go play, go hang out with their friends, do whatever they want to do until dinner time. And then we all have dinner. And then after dinner, you know, they get ready for bed. <clears throat> and so that's how we conquer homework. And with Andrew. Well, well Andrew's homeschooled now. Andrew's so homeschooled. So he, he he has a lot less work now than he used to. Right. But uh, about the, the cooking, the amazing meals part, I work, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, five, six days a week. But I still come home and lunch is cooked on lunch break. Right. I come home from dinner and lunch is cooked. And I think one of the things that uh, I've noticed with you is probably the menu that you make. You know what you're going to make before you have to. You, you just make, you plan the menu out when you buy the groceries. Right. So you know what's coming. Right. I think it's a lot of meal scheduling with, you know, meal planning. And that's how I go by my grocery list. I buy what we need for the week. And then because of what meals I'm making for the week. Mm-hmm. And then I buy the, the food, obviously, to go right, with the meals. Right. You, you only buy what the ingredients are for right. you know, that meal. So. That meal to cut it down. Yeah. And usually breakfast is either cereal, eggs, bacon, whatever. You know, so that's pretty much handled. And their lunch is... Either I make it mid-morning if I'm not busy or we have leftovers from the night before for dinner. Yeah, you usually cook pretty big meals. Yeah. 
you know, we did a meatloaf and it was what, like eight, nine pounds. So there's always leftovers. Yeah, because I hate food waste. I think yeah. that's a big problem is food waste. Mm -hmm. And so why waste food if it's there? And then if there is a mega amount of leftovers, we have a leftover night. Yeah. Everybody can kind of go through and grab whatever's left. Whatever's left. Because. Uh, I think a lot of people get freaked out when uh, they hear about like how many kids we have and they go, oh my God, you must spend a whole lot in groceries. But we really don't because of the way you do things. Yeah. Plus you know, rewards you, programs and coupons yeah, and whatnot. Right. Which is all on your blog where you teach people how to do that. Right. To save money because. I, we I have like, to be on a budget. Right. Plus I don't like, I get like irritated with when I see people buy like mega expensive food <laughs> when it's not necessary to buy mega expensive food. You mean the ones who will go and they'll buy, you know, like a $36 rack of lamb and then get pissed off that they're right. Uh, having to buy eight of them to feed their family of five. <laughs> sort of but like i mean for one most people are wasteful yeah and if you can cut back if you can cut back on your food like the brand names i mean really the generic is just as good as the brand names yeah sometimes even better actually um, yeah but we do a lot of uh foreign foods yeah because i like to change up the menu i don't like to I stick with, you know, I, yeah, of course I make all American food, whatever, but I like to venture out and try like, you know, I make French food, yeah, Mexican food, even though I'm Hispanic, I hardly make a lot of Hispanic food, but yeah. For those of you who, kept, <laughs> who keep thinking that I get all the great Mexican food I want, I really don't. Uh, she rarely makes Mexican food. And that's one of the things we uh, miss of, about living out West was. Well, yeah, because you got real Mexican chili. food. Yeah, you, got the you can't get that out here, so it's hard to find the right ingredients. Right. Uh, In the South, they don't have hardly. No, you can get in about anything fried, though. Right. <laughs> but uh, uh, the other, the last part of her question was, uh, how hard is it to get the family together now that some have moved out? I would say it's probably about the average. You know, yeah, you know, with our oldest in college, uh, second oldest working. Of course, they can't. They can't be here. Yeah, they just can't leave whenever they want. But that's why there's FaceTime. Uh, yeah, there, there's <laughs> FaceTime, and we make the effort. You know, hey, this is, you know, the holiday, the summertime. Of course, come back whenever you want. But we also understand that they're adults, right? And they're going to have their own life. I mean, that's what we use Amazon for. I mean, send them care packages. Yeah, you know, but. Like I said, we don't we don't have this thing where we pressure them to coming back. No. You know, we're very proud of them for being as independent and self-reliant as they are. Welcome back anytime, but their schedule permitting or maybe they have a social obligation they don't want to get out of or just something they want to do. They're not we're not gonna guilt trip them into coming back to see mom and dad. They can do no, whatever they want. But I think if they live closer, I would probably guilt trip them. Yeah. I think I would. You can't think, guilt trip them into a flight, but you no. can guilt trip them into a sh sh uh, short drive. Well, yeah. I mean, because I'd be like, okay, well, you moved out, so but you got to come over every Sunday for dinner. Yeah. I think that's that. I think that's what I had told uh, our son that's graduating. Okay, well, if you move out and you go and live in the college dorms every Sunday, Sunday dinner, I don't care if you have to work or whatever, but you're still going to come home. 
to get dinner, whether it's to go or whatever, just so I can see you on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, you had uh, offered that we buy an RV to put in the yard that he could live in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't really want him going that far away. But that's understandable, though. I mean, especially after you see what it's like having two already gone. Well, yeah, it's because, like, even though a lot of empty nesters are like, yeah, they're out of the house. I mean, yeah, I want them out of the house, of course. Every parent wants their child out of the house. That's it. But, like, I want him, like, close (laughs) because it's just that mommy kind of thing because they're all getting bigger. Right. That's every mom's thing. And we're not having any more. So it's like, yeah. uh, I think a lot of people are relieved to hear that we're not having any more. I mean, <laughs> believe me, if I could, I would, but no. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a bit of a scare with our last one. And most of you have read that already in uh, my emails and my tweets and things like that. So we're not going to dive back into that. That's a whole other rabbit hole to kind of yeah. go into. <laughs> um, got another set of questions here, actually. I like it when they do these. They send like six questions at once. It's uh, from Sweet Salty Jane on Twitter. It says, uh, Salty Sweet Jane. Salty Sweet Jane. Okay, sweet. <laughs> well, I always said, okay. Um, this kind of goes into right what we were talking about. So, uh, how does she prevent burnout as a busy woman slash wife slash mom? So, what do you do? Like, I know sometimes when I'm not here for long periods of time, you know, back when I was, you know, having to either be on the road or when I came out here ahead of time, you, know, you were left with the kids pretty much by yourself. Right. And then with me being gone, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, five, six days a week, you're here a lot of the time by yourself with the kids. And you, you know, I come home, the laundry's done. I come home, the house is clean. I come home, food is done. And I know we split responsibilities with the kids. Right. Because they're not just going to be freeloaders. But what do you do? Uh, I mean, I know what you do. These guys don't. Uh, what do you do to kind of prevent burnout so you don't end up in that just I'm done kind of mode? Well, I think I have burned out a couple of times. I mean, I'm not going to say I, I've never burned out because I have burned out. But you heard it here. She <laughs> is not an android. She is not a robot. <laughs> she is human. But I think in the long run, like you finally realize you get into a whole as the kids get older you get into a whole different realm because you're getting older. But then you start taking back. And my thing is that I like to get everything done, like mega done, like deep clean the house, whatever. And everything's caught up. And then I'll go and just maintain the house, maintain everything because it's easier for me. Like, you know, for example, I do laundry every day. Right. I mean. Versus if we were to do it once a week, we'd be pretty backed up in laundry. Right. And I don't like that because I get over, I get overwhelmed and I will get overwhelmed. Just that's just because I'm me and I know myself. I will get overwhelmed if I have too much to do. And so I will like, like I said, for example, for the laundry, I do a load in the morning as soon as they get up and get ready for school. Yes, I wash their pajamas every day. <laughs> well, you have to. They're stinky little kids. Right. And so I do a small load of laundry, two loads at least, in the morning. And then at immediately when they get home from school, they change or whatever. 
you know, if they're not yeah. playing outside, they change and they, I do a load at night just to get out of the way because I don't need, there's nine people in the house. Yeah. I don't need, <laughs> you don't need nine people's nine people's laundry from a week long span yeah. of not doing any. So, so basically what you do is you get it all done one time all at once. And then you just do small maintenance. Yeah. So that way you're not just beaten down with these, you know, like overwhelming tasks of, man, I have to wash all these clothes. I have to prep all of these meals. I have, you know, you do a little bit at a time because the big thing was done. It's kind of like what we tell our kids. If you clean your room right once. Right. You just maintain it. And then you just maintain it. You pick up something that, you know, fell. So I think that's good. I kind of do the same thing with um, Rugged Legacy. If I've got a whole lot to do and I have a free day, I'll do it all on that day. But then throughout the week, all I have to do are these little bits of maintenance here and there. Well, yeah, and I get done so early in the morning because since I get up early in the morning before the kids get up. And we've talked about that, too, like where you have your quiet time. I have my quiet time. Yeah. And then during my quiet time, I usually go start the clothes. If there's any clothes, if I haven't, if I didn't do any laundry that night, if I was too tired, you know, I go and do it or whatever. <clears throat> and I guess that's how I, how I maintain it. And then, like I said, I maintain the house early in the morning and it's just the little one here at home and then the homeschooler. And so the rest of the day from, nine o'clock in the morning till the other ones get home. It's fairly chill. It's fairly chill. And I have, and I spend time, you know, with the little one, we play and, yeah. and do whatever he <laughs> learns <laughs> while we you know. Well, yeah. Um, so the next question, uh, also from salty, sweet Jane says, and this was kind of a deep one. How does she reconcile her faith? and yours coexisting inside a covenant relationship. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, my wife was born and raised Catholic. Right. I was born and raised a uh, Southern Baptist, but I am not a Christian of any denomination. Uh, my personal belief is it's arrogant for a single human to say, yes, I know that mine is right when it comes to things of the divine or whether, you know, even the, especially with atheists, you know, they go, I know that nothing up there exists. That's kind of arrogant just being a simple human, but you know, with you and me, a lot of people don't understand how we make that work. Right. But I think a lot of it is we respect each other and we respect each other's beliefs. Well, yeah, that's what you have to, I mean, just in general, even if we weren't married, as a person, you would I, would I would respect your beliefs anyways. Even if we, you know, just came across each other, I would still respect your beliefs because that's how human beings should be in the right. first place. But, I mean, I'm ordained, which is funny. I mean, <laughs> yes, I'm ordained. And, <clears throat> and yeah, I know there are a lot of people who get pissy about uh, ordained women. But if you don't like it, I don't care. <laughs> But it's my podcast, not yours. You don't have to have her on. <laughs> but I mean, my beliefs, I think because I was raised in the Catholic church, you know, hardcore values, morals, um, 
you know, and worked with the Catholic Church. Yeah, that's right. You worked with the diocese and the rectory, huh? Yeah, when I was a teenager. Yeah. I mean, it, it's changed quite a bit. And so, quite a bit. And I think that's why I stopped going to the Catholic Church. <clears throat> you know, but when I stopped going, I would go to the non-denominational church. Mm-hmm. And you would come with me. But you never, like... You never yeah. showed any type of disrespect towards me. Even if you didn't want to go, you didn't show that you didn't want to go with me. No. Um, that's something that I have a problem with people doing. You know, It's fine if you don't believe, but there's absolutely zero to gain out of being disrespectful to someone else who does believe. Right. Um, I mean, hell, I've, I've gone to church more times than I've not gone to church with you. If you want to go... We'll go. Um, but I also think it's partial to how we do with the kids as well. If the kids want to go, they can go. Yeah, they can go. If the kids don't want to go, well, then they don't have to go. Right. Because we've talked about this before where you can't cram believing something down someone's throat. We can raise them to believe it. Or we can, you, you know, you've, the, the kids know what your beliefs are. Right. Even, even Benjamin, you know, our youngest. Right. And yeah, I just doxed his name, but I don't <laughs> care. He's five. What are you going to do? But even our youngest, you know, everybody, know, they all know your beliefs. And I don't think I've actually ever came out with my own and said anything that would say, well, that's not particularly right. Right. But at the same time, you don't beat it over their heads any more than I do. No. If I mean, what's going to happen if we were to try to force them into the church? Because that's what happened to me. I was forced to go to church three times a week. Well, and then... Percent? Yeah, and then I resented it, and I was like, well, you know, this is horseshit. Right. So. And, like I said, I mean, they've gone to church, and they enjoy it. Yeah. But, I mean, you'll see me. I mean, I wear a cross. Yeah. I wear a cross. I mean, I have a tattoo of a rosary on my arm, and, I mean. That Catholic thing's kind of hard to get out of when you were raised so hard in it, huh? Yeah, it's values and morals, even though, you know, <laughs> but you already know, that, you, 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 you already know the, bit, yeah. yeah, you already know the episode I did with Adam right. on, uh, the problems that we've, that you've seen. We actually talked about it on that episode, uh, some issues you had with the Catholic church. Um, you know, as far as how things kind of changed as you were growing up and you saw that as, you know, religion may be moving this way or that way when it should have stayed the same. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it should stay the same, but, to answer the question without going down this giant rabbit hole, we seem to be going down because this is what we do. We get into conversations in the car and we just don't stop. Um, to answer the question, how is it that we reconcile? How, how do you reconcile your faith with mine, or should I say my lack of faith inside this covenant relationship? Well, I mean, I think as long as I believe and I think, you know, I know how you are and mm-hmm. I know how you believe. So I think it's just because I believe I'm like, okay, well, don't worry. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> she's holding the door. I got gotcha, you, homie. She's holding the door for me is what she's saying. <laughs> Pretty much. I got gotcha, you, homie. <laughs> like I'm going to get up there. I'm going to put a good word for you and I'll put some tape over the door latch. So it doesn't close all the way. You can sneak in the back door. So that's <laughs> what she's trying to say. Uh, that's not a bad one though. Um, I'm not sure if this one was directed to me, 
or to you or to both of us. Okay, it's to me. It says, how has your growth affected her personally in the various aspects of her life? Now, I don't know if this means my growth as a man, a husband, a father, or my growth uh, from zero to whatever 12 something thousand people and notoriety ish, well, semi notoriety on Twitter with my business and my company and my blog and all that other. I don't know which one that uh, applies to. So pick one <laughs> and go from there. I don't know. There's a lot to choose from. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, how has your growth affected her personally in the various aspects of her life? We'll just use that generally. Well, that's another rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the question. <laughs> She's not used to this, folks. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's a, it's affected me, I guess, good. I mean, <laughs> but <laughs> you guess good. Okay. I guess good. Well, that's a terrible answer, but I don't know. I think because you know, I've seen you. You've done amazingly in your business and I'm like a thousand percent proud of you. And so, and I know the kids are, of course, but I mean, everything else, I mean, I think, I think with age, you've gotten better. With age, I've gotten better. Yes. I'm aging like wine folks. <laughs> she said that I'm aging like wine. <laughs> uh, Let's see. So at what point do you run out of creative names for all your children and just start assigning them a number? Okay. Well, <laughs> let's get to this one. All right. That's, this is from Noble Brown. He's going to be a guest <laughs> on the podcast. So whatever you say, he can actually rebut okay. on his episode. Well, sometimes like on social media, I'll call them, you know, one, two, three, all the way down the line. But here at home, you know, I'm like, you know, I call them by their names, obviously. But you do that whole get the wrong name for the wrong kid? Sometimes. <laughs> if 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 I've gotten highly frustrated with them, yes, I do get frustrated with them. Then I'll, like, I'm confused a little bit. But it's because I'm in a hurry to, yeah. like, calm out and, you know, hey, you know. Or if it's, I've seen this because I've done this with the kids if there's one that's always kind of being the instigator and then a, he's automatically or she's automatically. But yeah. But then a different one will instigate. I'll call it by the one that's the most common. <laughs> and I'm like, I know you're innocent this time, but you're, you're predominantly guilty. So yeah. you'll just have to bear with that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we've ever really had trouble naming the kids. N I no. mean, we didn't name any of them really weird names. Well, yeah, we did. No, not really. Well, I mean, okay, you got a mixed kid who's Hispanic and white with a Swedish name. Well, yeah, he does have a Swedish name, but it's a really cool Swedish name, and he likes his name. Yeah, he's unique. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, I use movies, of yeah, course, movies, and favorite authors. Authors, um, char characters in favorite books. Yeah. Family last names. Yeah, family last names. As middle names. Mm -hmm. Of course, singers. Yes, yes, we have a child. We have a child named after the lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I just want you to know that. And 
I don't know if you're going to laugh or cry or stop listening to the podcast right now and just shake your head. If you're driving, don't crash. But uh, now I don't. Yeah, I mean we we have normal names. I've I've tried to pick out decent names that a kid's not going to be you know hazed over, and they're solid names. They're masculine names that it's not going to sound very boyish when they get older. Like, are you really going to call a grown man Riley or Skyler? You know, those are the whitest names on the planet. And if your name is Riley or Skyler, you're white. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> but we have kids' names with three middle, two middle names. Two, but yeah, people worry about how many kids we've got. <laughs> Hell, we've got nine kids, and we've got some of them with three or four names. So yeah, we've got plenty to go <laughs> try, around. Try to say that really fast. When yeah, you're getting on to them because you know you're automatically in trouble by mom or dad. And if you've got two of them, you yeah. have to say eight names. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we never really run out of them. So, <laughs> all right, we're going to go to the next question here. All right, so this next question is from All-American Barbarian. It says, I made a statement to my wife the other day, and in quotes, he said, this world or society fucks people up. And this was in response to some non-binary transgender child or some such. What are some ways to bulletproof your children from those aspects of the world without isolating them or turning them into completely intolerant human beings? I don't think there is really a bulletproof way. Yeah, I don't think you can bulletproof them from anything. I mean, well, I but, mean, we have a son who's gay. Yeah. And, I mean... Yeah, he likes to use makeup, you know, because that's what he wants to do. He wants to be. Yeah, he wants to be a makeup, a makeup artist. artist. Right. You know, he, he he stated he doesn't want to walk around in women's clothing. Right, right. But, I mean, hell, he has to practice on something. Right. <laughs> so, uh, it's no different than a tattoo right. artist tattooing on his leg, but this he can wash off. Right. And he gets, he actually gets mad, like, with him. He actually gets mad when he sees a guy acting too feminine. When he's gay himself. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I remember taking him to the store and he's like, no, you know, made him joke around all the time. And, you know, he sees another person who's gay and he's like, no, I would never date somebody like that because they're just too gay for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. dude. Yeah. You know, I think what it is, is uh, when he came out to us. You know, I think I, I explained to him and I even said it on the morning brew. You know, I don't care what you put in your mouth as long as it's not meth. Right. But, Which is, I mean, completely logical. Right. <laughs> and a lot of people may disagree with this and that's completely fine. I don't care. Um, but I don't think that your sexual orientation has anything to do with who you are as a person and the content of your character. It's no different than saying I'm a diehard Patriots fan. That means absolutely nothing other than the fact that you've got a low IQ. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. But um, yeah, I don't care. But, you know, as far as trying to bulletproof the kids from things like that with these weird agendas that are out there, you know, I think one of them that really concerned us was uh, 
they were talking about it's love at any age trying to normalize pedophilia and no, being like, no, it's not okay. But no, but you can't bulletproof them no different than you can bulletproof anything else. No, you just have to teach your children. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was going to go into there. I was going to say what we teach the kids here is that the content of their character matters more than anything else. Right. It matters more than what people think of them. It matters more than, you know, an assumption based off of some stupid stereotype, how they treat other people, how they carry themselves, how they pre present themselves to the world and how much value they provide to the world is what matters much more than any label anybody else can put on them. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't shelter your kids. No, you can't. Shelter them. You, you, you have can't, to, you let have them to get hit by something. Right. Because if you shelter your kids, and try to bulletproof everything when they actually do get out into the world mm -hmm. and they see these things, they're going to be petrified. Yeah. They're not going to know how to they're handle not gonna it. They're going to know how to handle it. They're going to be petrified. And they're gonna be like, what the heck is this? I don't know what this is. Yeah. You know, I was never taught that at home. I mean, you don't have to teach at home, but you can't hide it either. Like there's no way you can hide stuff that's in society. No way. Because your children are going to learn one way or other, either through social media in school, if they're in public school or just out and about with you as their parent, yeah, they're going to see stuff regardless whether you want them to see them or not. Yes. If they question it, just talk to them about it. Yeah. You know, I think one thing I'm really proud that we've done with our kids is we've taught them to question everything. Right. And we've taught them to come to us with these things. I think that's probably the like the foundation of the answer to this question is your kids have to be able to come to you and ask you about anything, no matter if it makes you uncomfortable or not. Right. You have to actually step up and be like, okay, well, right. I'm going to explain it to you. Even if it makes you feel uncomfortable, you still have to explain right. it. They, but they have to be comfortable enough to with you and the relationship they have with you to actually you know, be able to walk up to you and ask you these questions. Because I know there's no way in hell I would have asked uh, my mom, my stepdad, you know, my adopted parents, what is cocaine? You know, because as soon as I would have asked one of them, they would have, why are you doing cocaine? And right. it would have been, you know, the Spanish Inquisition. Um, See, my mom would have done that. She right. You had, me, yeah. yeah, you had a different relationship with your mom. And because of that, you know, the way that we've raised ours to be able to come to us with any kind of questions and then we answer it honestly, but at the same time, we tell them they're going to have to make up their own opinion on it. Right. You know, we can tell them until they're blue in the face, drinking's bad for you. Smoking's bad for you. Uh, you know, what marijuana is bad for you. And we can push that down their throats, but they have to be independent thinkers to where once they're adults and they don't have me on one shoulder and you on the other shoulder whispering in their ear, trying to influence them, you know, they have to be able to make a decision for themselves. Right. And the only way they can do that is if we've allowed them to make those decisions and come to their own conclusions about different things. Right. And so even with the question he was talking about, uh, the non-binary transgender child, we can explain to them the facts you know, factually, what you're born as is what you'll die as, regardless of how you feel about it. If you want to call yourself this thing, you can call yourself 
you know, an Apache helicopter doesn't make you one to everybody else. But if that's what you want to go through, believe in, okay, fine. Right. But, and they can make their own determination based off of that information. Right. Because, I mean, as adults, you have to make your own independent decision anyways. Yeah. I mean, as you get older. Yeah. And that's what you want for your kids. Oh, yeah. We definitely don't want them calling us at two in the morning asking them our opinion on something. No. If it's something that they should be able to figure out themselves. No. And, I mean, I never had, you know, when my mom was alive, I never had, you know, yeah, I would question her, you know, ask her as an adult, you know, when the kids were babies on something baby related. But, well, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, okay, you tell me once, I got it. And that's how it should be. Yeah, you can period. ask advice. Right, but, advice. There's more but advice your mom wasn't the one who made all of your critical thinking decisions. Oh, no. You were in, you were raised in a way where you had to make your own determinations and your own assumptions and your own decisions and form your own opinions. Right. And that's what we do to our kids. Well, it's just like, I mean, when I, I quit school mm -hmm. and even though she probably didn't agree with it, I still quit school. And right. I learned, you know, from it. And when I finally got my, you know, diploma and graduated and went to college, you know, you're like, crap. <laughs> but that was, you know. It was a mistake. Was my, it was a mistake or a choice that you had to make had on to your make, own. Right. That I had to make on my own. It was, I knew what the consequences were regardless. Right. But to really kind of answer in on this question, I think you can't bulletproof your kids. No. You can't. What you can do is whatever values that you and your spouse or your partner or whatever, the mother of your children, the father of your children share, you instill that and you instill those values into your kids and you teach them moral right from moral wrong. And you teach them that their opinions have weight and that they are not going to see everything the same way that you see it. But you just tell them that, how am I gonna how am I gonna say this? If you give it to them in a way where they are allowed to form their own opinion of it, and you guys can actually have a conversation about it to look at different aspects and different point of views on anything, whether it be drugs, you know, this kind of stuff in the question, um, sex in general, whatever. You can lay it all out, but you have to have been raising your kids in a way that they're comfortable and confident in making their own assumptions and coming to their own conclusions about right. things. Because when they, when they become adults, that all you can do is hope that you've done your job and you're not going to find out you've been a good parent until 10 years after your kid's an adult. You know, when your kid's 18 and he moves out, you're not going to know anything until you see how he's doing at 28. There's right. got to be some kind of time passes to where you can say, well, okay, he, he got it or shit. Um, that didn't work out so well. Right. You know, you, you can't really tell until they're on. But, well, I mean, it's just like our kids. I mean, even though it's nothing like that. Well, I mean, sort of, but like what I used to punish the kids when they're, that's, that's an example. When I used to punish the kids when they were little. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, used to punish my kids by making them watching foreign films or watching Jane Austen movies because I love Jane Austen and, then, and I love foreign films. And then 20 years later, they're, 
<laughs> 20 years later, they're like, yeah, I really like well, Jane 10 Austen. Like, or 10 yeah. years later, they're like, I really like Jane Austen. Thanks, wow. <laughs> in, in forward films. So, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, it, was a, it was a phone call at 2 o'clock in the morning. Mom, thanks. Yeah, I'm watching all these cool foreign films now. <laughs> but yeah, you can't bulletproof your kids from everything. All you can do is raise them the best you can and teach them to make the best informed decisions possible. And that's pretty much all we can beat on this horse here. Right. Uh, the next one, it was, it was a, it, it, you can go deep on that one. <laughs> Speaking of going deep, Jack Coulson asked for both of you, how do you manage your intimacy and time as a couple with so many kids? Wow. Notice how I said, speaking of going deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like to talk. No. <laughs> um, Oh. We just make the time. I we mean, just make the time to well for to be with each other for one. Yeah, as far as intimacy, I don't think he means exactly sex, but well. that's also a thing. <laughs> Obviously, we don't have a problem with that with as many kids as we have. Yeah, I don't think that's a problem. But I don't know. I mean, I think it starts because our relationship we talk to each other a lot. Mm-hmm. Like you go to work you call me right. on your breaks and we'll just talk about anything. It doesn't even have to be associated with the house or nothing or anything that's going on with the kids. We actually just talk to each other because we're friends. That's how we were. Well, I mean, we're friends yeah. and then we were not friends before we got together though. No, like <laughs> I thought you were annoying. It's all get out. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I thought you were hot, <laughs> you know, and we, I lied to you about fixing your broken phone well, yeah. so I could take you out to dinner. So that worked. I was like, yeah, I'll take you to the cell phone store. Let's go to the dinner. <laughs> but no, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with our intentionality. Yeah. We intentionally make the time because I'm gone a lot. You're here by yourself or with the kids a lot. When I come home from work, sometimes I have to hop on my laptop or I have to go out, you know, uh, record a podcast or, do a zoom call or do something, answer a thousand freaking emails, write ads, sales letters, emails, all this. Other. Right. But I think it's all in our intentionality. Uh, I think that's how it should be. I think you should be intentional with your relationship. If you're committed a hundred percent to your mm -hmm. relationship, that's how you make it work. Yeah. Because if you're not intentionally being intentional with your a partner or spouse or whatever. We would never accidentally just end up in, you know, alone together with everything you've got going on with your blog, your writing with, you know, your other hobbies that you've got and stuff around the house, right. me working and everything I've got going on. We would never accidentally just end up next to each other alone with nothing to do. We have to make, all right, I'm shutting this down. I'm shutting that down. And we're just going to go and do this thing. Right. But even just going to the grocery store together, we intentionally spend that time. Even we make grocery shopping fun because we're always laughing. Well, we people watch. <laughs> I don't people watch. You people watch. You pointed but, out like eight members of the Target Mom cult today. Well, that was hilarious because they all look the same. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we intentionally like we're, do that. We're like inseparable. Well, I get, even I get, we're, even I get though we're what, separated for long periods of time. 
I, I get what you're saying. I think when we're in the car together and we're making our weekly trips to the grocery store to run errands, we're not somewhere else. No. Mentally, we're intentionally with each other because we don't get a whole lot of time alone together. No, except for when we go to bed. <laughs> yeah, except for when we go to bed. And then I'm beat to death. You're tired. And, you know, we... Or I stay up. Or you stay up or I'll, I'll stay up working yeah. or back and forth. Yeah. But when the times that we do have with each other, when we are together, whether it's driving down the street and a lot of, I think a lot of people thinking, well, do they schedule these like romantic getaways? No, <laughs> I will come home on my lunch break and I will call you on the way. Hey, lunch date, yeah. you and me driveway five minutes yeah. and I'll park in the driveway and she'll hop in the car and we have a lunch date on my lunch break. Right. You know, I bring the food, you know, but we in what, whenever we are together, we make it a point and not even always. Cause sometimes I'm just frigging busy and sometimes you're just frigging busy and oh, we yeah. got to do our own thing. But when we know we have that time, we're actively in that time with each other. When we're driving down the road, we're not thinking we have to spend this time together. We're just not thinking, Oh, I've got to write this blog post. Right. Oh, I've got to write these emails. Oh, I've got to record this. We, we're not thinking about that no, shit. No, we just actually enjoy each other's company. Yeah, we're just enjoying each other's company. So it's not like some kind of magical thing. Uh, and as far as the other part of it, the other part of int intimacy, uh, the sex part, I would say kids go to bed early. We lock the door. <laughs> There's also the times we get in the car, drive down to the lake. Whatever works, right? Whatever works. <laughs> yeah. But you have to be intentional. Yeah. You have to make that time. You can't just like blow that time off. No. And if you are together, just don't think about it. Think about each other. Think about. Just be in that moment. Yeah. You know, we're not, you don't have to go and make, I need to get the candles lit and get the radio and stand on oh, the, no. you know, you, know no, you don't have to do that shit. I don't think we've ever done anything like that. You don't think I'm romantic? No, I didn't say that. But I don't think... <laughs> Truth's coming out now. She does not think <laughs> no. I'm romantic. No, I did not say that. But I don't think... I propose to you by saying, well, I'm going to have to meet your family before we get married. Right. But I think I think it was just like... I mean, to me, I think that personally it's a waste of money. Because I'd be like, okay, well, let's just go for tacos and, you know, watch a movie on TV or... Yeah, let's... we went for tacos uh, right after we got married. Right. That was great. But I mean, <laughs> but yeah, like I would rather you buy me a vacuum or something that I actually need. <laughs> you want a vacuum or a mixer or a washing machine? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. She don't care about she, she don't care about diamonds, folks. She all she gives a shit about are the kitchen wait, appliances. I didn't say that. Oh, okay. She does that. care about diamonds. <laughs> no, well, I mean, sort of. But I mean to me that's a waste. Yeah, I get what you're I mean, saying. I, I get some women love all that stuff. Great, kudos to you. But I'm just that person that's like, okay, well, I already have all that. Like, yeah, you know, what more do I want? I, I mean, I don't want anything else. What more do I want? Just like what I told you when we were talking about, and I said, I what I want for my anniversary, and it's hilarious because I'm like, well, I just want to get my tattoo finished my sleep finished right and that's it 
and yeah yeah i mean yeah i'm i'm sure that there's been some you know plenty of times where i have needed to jazz it up a little bit you know and not be so just matter of factly about things because <laughs> i know when i used to pull up in the driveway and i still do this time to time i'll pull up in the driveway and just tell her get in the car right where okay. we go where are we going i don't know <laughs> one time i drove her like three hours away to a mountain town and she had never been there before and all we did was just walk around and spend a but she didn't even know where we were going i just said get your ass in the car <laughs> and you know we used well, that's that's one of the things that we do actually is we just get in play get in the car and go places we've never been right and you know just spending mm -hmm. that time together i you mean know? yeah even like for valentine's day i don't think we really buy well that's because you're eating me alive because we've got <laughs> an anniversary two days before valentine's day then we've got valentine's day which is a completely bullshit and monetary holiday anyway it's completely fucking made up i don't give a shit and then Gosh. we have our old it's a made-up fucking holiday and then we've got our i like it right but then we've got our oldest uh birthday right three days after valentine's day right so i've got an anniversary a valentine's day and then a birthday and i'm like oh what do you want me to do <laughs> but no i mean that's how we do it we just make the time yeah you know? make time and what time we do have we make the most of it yeah and and we're completely opposites oh yeah Complete she opposite. hates my music i well, can tolerate her music not all your music not all of my music not all of your music because i can rock out to marilyn manson and i can deal with the other stuff i just can't deal with some of your music yeah she's not a fan of like uh static x amanda marth yeah uh cradle of filth uh brothers of metal she's not a fan of those but she'll still rock out actually yesterday today we rocked out to aerosmith all day right and then yesterday we rocked out to the entire uh pale emperor album of marilyn manson so and that was just driving around running errands hanging out again that was one of those things where we uh just made that time as enjoyable as possible while we were oh yeah like, leading our busy lives i mean and i mean we just have fun yeah i think that's what a lot of couples miss but, is they just forget to fucking have fun with each other but i mean i think it really hit us though like i mean there were, there was a slump yeah there was marriage, there was a big slump you know where we didn't there was at times where i was like oh, i want to wring your neck but you wanted a divorce even right yeah we've been there we've been there and a lot of people know that one when i was just a lazy piece of shit who had given up on life and we ended up fucking homeless it was always you know what i was useless then you by all right should have divorced me three fucking times well, i think that. a lot of women would probably divorce their husbands or separated from their husbands but no I mean, you stuck it out i mean you had faith that i was gonna get it together and i eventually did well yeah and it, i have faith in you and i believe that you would do something extremely good because i knew you ha i had that you had it in yourself to do it just hmm. like with rug legacy a hundred percent when rug legacy came up i was like i know how much money it's gonna come <laughs> you were not and happy. <laughs> i was hesitant and then i was like okay
well, if all this product is in our house, screw it. The kids and you have. Yeah. Worst case scenario, if the business doesn't work, I've, I've created like 400 of each item. We're never going to smell bad in this house. So we're good. So, but we shipped out of those and I, then I had to uh, hire a manufacturer and right. And they handled all that. It took off. And I, and I was nervous. Like I was petrified. Like, the first month when it actually started, mm-hmm. I was petrified. I was like, Oh my God, we're going to lose all this money. God, we're going to lose all this money. And then it started taking off and I was like, oh, I can breathe. I think it was when I sold out yeah, of everything. I, yeah. I think I was like doing like the happy dance. In the room because <laughs> I was just like, Oh, thank God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So. Yeah. yeah. Versus when I said, okay, I'm getting ready to pay. It was like all together, what, like $5,000 all in after everything. Right. You know, it's like $5,000. We're adding it and adding it. Yeah. But all all together, $5,000 of our own money. And I was like, I got this. And all you could say was, just don't tell me when you pay it. Just don't (laughs) tell me. And you're sitting, you're sitting over there in the, in the living room. I'm in the kitchen. You're you're like, I'm going to throw up. Just don't tell me. And I'm like, well, I paid it. You're like, why'd you tell me? But Hey, it worked out. It's still working out. So, uh, yeah. Bigger things coming. Bigger things coming. Uh, I will say on the podcast, just because I want to, uh, thank you for the compliment of saying that you always thought I had something in me. Well, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're, later. You're my homie. Well, I'm your homie. dog Well, maybe later you'll get something in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are coming up on a full hour. So... Well, maybe we could do another one and then we could do another one and more questions. Get some more questions. If people want to kind of want us to expand on anything we covered on this one, we can do that. I mean, I'm always around. Yeah. I know where you live. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we wrap this one up, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to maybe touch on or a message you wanted to throw out there? just that you know i'm really i'm really proud of you and you know gotta have faith and i think that's what needs to happen a lot of marriages is you know your spouse dives into something just have a little faith in them believe in them they'll help them support them even though probably deep down inside you're like freaking out (laughs) you still support them regardless because that's your spouse you know, partner. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was for me. Like, yeah, I completely freaked out and, but I'm still here and you're still here and the kids are doing good. We're doing good. And didn't matter. Come a long way though. Come a long way. A long fucking way. A long, long <laughs> way. <laughs> Living in a hotel, pregnant, uh, beating myself to death and, concrete and desert sand and shipping containers. Oh yeah. It sucked. Almost having a heart attack. Uh, yeah. Um, almost having a heart attack, almost bleeding to death in labor. So yeah, I think we're going to have to do another one because there's a whole lot we can get into. Yeah. I'm down. Okay. Well, you guys, uh, you barely got her convinced to do one. And now by this one, I think her jitters are over and she, well, uh, coffee and a warm toasty blanket under my butt. Yeah. Yeah, she's hooked on the heated blanket. 
<laughs> but, uh, that's going to wrap this one up. Uh, this has been the fourth episode of the Rugged Legacy podcast. It is the one with the best looking guest I've ever had. Aww. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shut up. I'm trying to get laid. <laughs> all right. That's going to wrap this one up. Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to rugged uh, anchor.fm slash rugged legacy. Click on the support icon. You can become a contributor. Uh, outside of that, there will be links to my wife's Twitter account. If you want to follow her uh, in the show notes, it is at smart mom crafty on Twitter. And in the show notes, there will be a link to her website where you can read her blog on everything from mom life. Uh, was it thrifting, yeah. crafting, recipes, recipes DIY, uh, couponing and rewards. How to right. look? I mean, this woman turns 150 to uh, to $200 a week in groceries into enough to where we've got massive amounts of leftovers for nine people in the house with majority of them being teenage boys or yeah, me. Yeah, they eat a lot. You guys eat a lot. Yeah, we eat a lot. <laughs> we smell bad too. But well, not really. <laughs> well, I yeah, we're all wearing rugged legacy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's going to wrap this one up, guys. Thank you all for listening. Everyone wants to rise from the ashes, but very few are willing to set themselves on fire. This has been a Rugged Legacy production.